Yo, 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 I am Dustin Mikesell, and this is the Watchmen Inc. Podcast. Are you tired of the deception of the Matrix? Here, we will build a case around God's plan for the mad world, using biblical history and the application of the scriptures to provide hope and truth in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What's up, everybody? This is Watchman Inc. Podcast, and here we are back with another one. And today we're flying solo, but it's always good to sometimes just be here and let the Lord work with me and my buddy Taylor, who usually does this podcast with me. He is a wonderful person to have along with this, and I'm so thankful for him and his fellowship and just him being along with me on this journey. And it's been quite the journey, that's for sure. And what an amazing journey. And thank you all for tuning in once again. And anybody that's supporting me in many of the multiple ways, whether that be on social media or whatever way, I have many family, friends, and strangers who have come and tuned into what it is we're doing here. And anybody can be a part of this community and we can help everybody. What I have been saying through my different channels of media and content is to see right now we want to be watchmen who are on the tower so that we can see the things that are coming to the gate all right we have to think of things like being watchmen means that you're looking out around your surroundings you're looking at what the world is saying right now you're looking at all the different things that just society and life are throwing at you and then you're lining it up with what the scriptures teaching because if you're a christian and you're listening to this or if you're not a christian the the thing is right now in this time we really need to stick close to god's word and what he says and what he teaches and take everything that we believe or that we hear and test it versus the, the scriptures that is the most important thing that we can do right now is test every single thing that we're engaged in and if you find fault in it and that there's corruption, you're allowed to cut it off from your life or not engage and it'll make your life better. At the end of the day, we've all fallen short, but these things and just becoming more and more attached to the world and what the world wants us to do, it, it tells us in the Bible in many places that this is not the way to live life. Jesus said, I'm not of this world. And what he meant by that is that the kingdom will come to this planet someday it will come to this world but right now the earth is getting prepared for a different kingdom and that's what today's podcast is going to be about is the kingdom that many want to accept that they know will come but are having a hard time seeing that it may be closer than any of us realize and the lord's just really been putting on my heart to get into the book of revelation and this is a scary book to get into for Christians because it's full of all kinds of symbology and full of things that don't make sense to even the most studied and scholar teacher. A lot of people have tried to figure out what things in this book are saying and the men that translated these books and, you know, what it was saying. And even John, John, this was a revelation to John on the island of Patmos and he was isolated, and I believe this because this revelation, this is the intense one. All the things that happened to get us to where we're at today with the scriptures and the prophecies and the prophets and all of the men that were used by God and 
the foretelling of prophecies to be fulfilled, which many have already been, including Jesus's coming as the Messiah and dying on the cross. But there's a time when Jesus is going to come back and it gets confusing because there's a lot of events that, that have to take place before that happens. And there's some confusion that has occurred in the church. And I'm not here to get into deep theology because it takes a lot of time and understanding of multiple things in order to understand that. But right now I just want to get into where are we in Revelation and what's coming and what can we see with God's scripture and what he's telling us in the other books? Because Revelation, it's a book of its own almost world in the sense of this is a time on the earth that is unlike ever. And that's what Jesus wants us to understand is that this particular prophecy in this particular book, it's the last book in the Bible for a reason is because it's the revelation of things that have not yet happened, but were being prepared to happen from the beginning of time. And that's the whole point of the podcast is to teach people. This has been a setup since the beginning when Eve fell to, to Satan in the garden, when he lied to her and he said, you surely won't die, but you will be like God. That is the same lie that's coming and been on the earth for this whole time. And once you truly just look at everything and the the deep undertones of what most things are trying to say, it, it's this self-worship or this self-promotion of you are good enough to do anything in this life yourself and there is no need for God or God's just going to get in the way because religion is meant to control you. And I'm telling you right now, that is not the truth. That is a lie because what is going to ultimately entrap a lot of people into a snare is the idea of love and acceptance. Okay. It's not that Jesus doesn't love and accept all of us. It's just this idea that we must love and accept everything, even if it's very evil and wicked, according to God. And if it's rooted in sin, it's wicked and God will judge it accordingly and righteously. And we need to understand that God, while loving and compassionate and merciful, he is also a righteous God that will judge righteously everything in the world. And that's just what we need to understand is that this revelation that's coming that was given to us so that we could see what's coming, it's a judgment on the world. And we as Christians need to get ready that this time may be coming because anytime you start seeing the things that we're seeing in society, right, especially with this particular book and prophecy, we need to really be taking things seriously because it's it says in the scriptures that he comes like a thief in the night. And what does that mean? So I just want to dig into some Bible verses right now, because like I said, the key to understanding revelation is to first understand what the books before revelation were teaching. And Jesus taught about the end times and what the end would be like. So if you want to understand the end, you have to read the entire Bible, because like I said, this has been a plan from the beginning in the garden, which was just the beginning. But now we're clicking through time and Jesus says that the end times will be like a woman that is giving birth and anybody that's had a baby or that's been a part of that process knows that it starts off real gentle and it starts off real awesome because you're happy and you're that something's going to be coming much later down the road, but it's not going to take too long. And then all of a sudden things start progressing. The woman starts to grow a little bit. The baby becomes bigger and then starts taking up more room in, in the womb and starts kicking them. And just all these things start arising, not problems, but just things that make you uncomfortable. And then all of a sudden you get to like months seven, eight, nine. And 
pregnancy is not that fun. Pregnancy is a beautiful experience. I have two children and I know many people with children. It's a beautiful experience, but I've done two of them recently. And I can tell you right now, by month eight, wife is over being pregnant. She's over waddling. She's over having the baby kick her in the side, not be comfortable sleeping. There's just so many issues that that come with that end time to start this new chapter in your life that you're just like ready for it to come. You're like, it's that, that saying, Oh, you look ready to pop. And it's interesting that Jesus would use the parable of the end times, like a woman in, in birth and being pregnant and what that means. And so honestly, it's very interesting how the parables that Jesus used relate to a woman giving birth because it's the best way to describe what's going to be coming and the new age. And that's not to be rooted in anything mystic or magical. It's just, there is a time coming, a chapter will turn in the book of the world and God's timing with things that this stuff will happen. Because if it was told thousands of years ago and given as prophecy, and God's already fulfilling prophecy and he's a God of truth and not lies or confusion. If it says it's going to happen in the Bible, it's going to happen. If you truly have faith that the Bible is the word of God. Now, if you lack the truth in the sense of you believe that the Bible could not be as true as you think it is, or the translation isn't as true as it is, you need to take that up with God and pray because that is his word. And he says that he will preserve his word. And that comes down to having great faith. All right. Great faith. That is part of the game is having faith that he is the one that is in control with how his word comes to the people. And many have been saved, even with all of the different translations and things are still proven through history, through the translations. Just take my word for it that when you understand the history of how we've gotten the Bible and all the things that we're seeing that were for told thousands of years ago it really is amazing and, and it blows your mind because it's just crazy to see that these things are just manifesting almost on the earth right now in the sense of i i told you he said it would happen and it, it would be this way and right now we're all feeling this like pressure like the pressure of, of the baby in in the womb and the pressure on the earth right now to start this new age, the new world order, this new utopia of society under the disguise of peace, love, and acceptance and security. All right. That's where the beast infiltrates the church and even the elect shall be deceived. That's what the Bible teaches. So let us look at what was the Bible saying before even the book of Revelation? What were the apostles and the prophets before? And just what were they saying that the end times would be like so that we can get a better visual and a better understanding of what it is that's coming. So first Thessalonians five, two through three, it says for the, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night for when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child and they shall not escape. All right. That's first Thessalonians five through two. Let's read uh, another one. Uh, Joel two twenty eight, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Okay. So he's saying that in the end times, People are going to be able to see what's happening and he's going to use them. So anybody, this is not a call to anybody because you're more special or anointed. We all 
have a mission from God and it is to share the gospel, the good news. So while I sit here and I tell you of the things that seem scary and mysterious, there is nothing mysterious about what Jesus did. He's already finished the work on the cross. He's already accomplished the mission of saving the whole entire world, John 3.16. And so remember, it's not to, to create fear. It's to create awareness because what does a watchman do? They're aware of their surroundings. They're aware of what's at the gate. They're aware when things look like they're not normal or, or things are not as settling. And that's the key here. Second Peter 3.3-4. Knowing the first that there shall come in the last day scoffers walking in their own lust and saying, where is the promises of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. So see, it says that many people will grow cold. The heart will wax cold. There will be many that are even within the body that grow cold and, and they cannot see that the Lord will return. He will come back in the last days to take his bride. Okay. And there will be many people that say nothing will change because nothing has changed since the beginning but things are changing the world is changing it, it is very scary to see how the world is truly like a pressure cooker right now and there's so much division there's so much hate and there's still so much good going on too so i want you to remember that that's why you take things one day at a time and try to find the peace and the joy and the goodness in your family and your relationship with God and all the small things that you know you have each day, the things that you don't truly think about that are just amazing blessings like hot water that comes out of your shower every morning. This is what I want people to remember. To be blessed is just more so than having vast amounts of wealth or riches, okay? To be blessed means that you have wisdom and that you have understanding and that you are ready to meet the Lord. Because any day, it doesn't matter what you believe about the revelation and your understanding. The Lord says that today is the day of salvation. So with this going forward and my understanding of the revelation, this is what the Holy Spirit is telling me is going on in the Bible. And I try to let the Bible describe what the Bible is saying. I don't try to put my own understanding. Yes, we all have our thoughts and our own feelings and God reveals things to us at, at different paces with the Bible and our understanding. But at the end of the day, today is the day that we want to be ready. He could come at any hour in the sense of you could pass away. Remember, you could meet the Lord today unexpectedly through tragedy and through the thing that still happens to everybody, which is death. So with this, I believe that the, the church, the body of Christ will be raptured pre-tribulation. And what that means is that we will be taken from a time of wrath and judgment that is coming on the earth. And how I read it and how the scripture seems to be describing the events that must take place and the events that will build up to this particular event called the rapture and why it's got to happen before judgment comes is because we're already within the body. We are already married to Christ in the sense of if you have given your life to Christ and you believe that it is by his grace alone that you are saved and through his blood and through his sacrifice and that he rose from the grave and that you believe that in your heart, he shall be saved. Okay. And so we are, we are secure. But if you don't fully trust that or you don't have that understanding in your heart, are you as secure as you think? Or if you think that the scriptures teaching another way is the shepherd that's teaching you this or the people that you're listening to teaching you this, are you testing them? And are you testing them versus the word of God? And are you testing the word of God even? Like I said, 
I'm not asking you to go so deep where you need to understand all of Hebrew and Greek. It's important to understand the history. And that's what I also want people to see is that history has been teaching us that this time would eventually come. And through the actions of men that we could see that it's almost like they're trying to bring revelation in because they know that it's the only way for them to obtain their power. And that gets into the dark side of these people worship Lucifer and they believe that the earth belongs to them. They believe that Lucifer is the good God of the Bible and that Jehovah, Jesus, God, the father is the evil God because he was withholding knowledge that Lucifer ultimately gave us. See, this is the new age deception that you don't want to have Christ in your life, but you want to be like Christ. You want to be Christ. You want to have the Christ consciousness. See, this is the new age deception that has infiltrated even the churches. Prosperity gospel teaching where you can manifest things by speaking into existence or Calvinism where, you know, you believe that predestiny, like obviously God knows the beginning from the end. So in a way he knows the choices and things that we make, but throughout the Bible, it never says that everybody is predestined or that there's a certain amount of people that he knows. Like he calls everybody. He died for everybody and to give them a chance if if they could, if, if only they would see and hear that he is crying out for us. He wants us to choose him. There is no force to choose him. Yes, he's at the door, but he does not bust it down. He knocks and waits patiently. And some people just will never open the door. And there may be people in your life that choose to not answer the door and you can't dwell and you can't do anything but pray for those people and pray for your loved ones and pray for your neighbors and pray for your enemies all this evil that's going on with the human trafficking and all that while it's so evil we just have to pray for everything and everyone because at the end of the day we want no one to perish but people will make their choices at the end of the day that's the ultimate gift is the the free will and the choices that we have okay and so we're going to continue to look like there's tons of, of scripture that's teaching that there's something coming on the earth and that a lot of people are going to be deceived by it. And it's easy to see when you line it up with the scripture. So in second Timothy three, one through five, it says this know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come for men shall be lovers of their own selves covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. What are we seeing on the earth right now? For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Like you look at all this, like this industry that's on social media right now and the body dysmorphia and the body like shaming and the body like confusion. I mean, with the transgender movement, I mean, look at it. it. It's bleeding into what Satan wants to do. He wants to intermix everything. He wants man to be woman, to be man, woman and man to be animal. That's the Baphomet. Look up what the Baphomet is. It's a, it's a, it's a mixture of things with the DNA, the snakes running up the tree. Once you understand the symbolism and you see what's happening and you see the signs, you can see that the Bible is coming to life. And yes, men have always been evil. We've always been in a fallen state, but it says in the last days, these things will be so evident that you will understand the time that you are in the season, just like we are, we know we're in summer, but right now those months are coming now where we know summer is going to transition into fall. And then it transitions into winter. You understand the changes that are coming because you see the seasons. Those are belong to God. That's why 
I know there's a God is because there's seasons to show that he is in full control of what happens around us that we have no power over yet it's perfect order we know that the the seasons never change one will come after the other and the other shall follow and the lord and his promises and his word will be the same as the seasons he does not change he is the same god when he created adam and eve that he is today when he will come back and and he will bring judgment and so we just need to wake up and get ready because i really believe that the Bible is trying to teach us that something big is coming and that Jesus and his parables were really trying to instruct us of this event that would happen. And I believe that there is, like I said, a knowing from Satan and his minions, aka the elite, the ones that are trying to start all this evil, crazy stuff. And it's just insane to think that what Jesus was teaching it might be exactly what it means. And there's these parables that make me feel like there's, it's almost like a 50, 50 type of deal. Like half of people will know the Lord and they'll be wise and half won't. And I don't, those numbers are not obviously what the Bible teaches, but I'm just saying it's a parable to understand that one out of two, like a person, there'll always be a person that's just not seeing and they're not understanding. And that's even people within the church. There's many that believe that they're saved. The Bible even teaches that many will say, Lord, did we not do this? And he'll say, away, I never knew you. And I'm not judging anybody because I don't know men's hearts, but I'm just telling you, there's people that you think are Christian that you've met or that are Christian, and they still don't know who the true Jesus is because of all the perversion and how Satan has entered into the churches and into these teachers and these false teachers and false prophets to give people fear and give them lack of understanding and really lead them into the darkness, into the slaughterhouse. The Bible calls them wolves and sheep clothing. And so many people get caught into these camps because unfortunately, many people, Christians, it doesn't matter. We are natural followers and all of us follow in some way. Even if you're a great leader, you still follow the ideas and philosophies of another leader or spiritually. There's always somebody that somebody you're following. And so that's why Jesus said, follow me because I am the truth, the way and the life. Okay. And so if we follow him, then we now get the truth and many are seeking the truth. And so I, I implore you to explore the Bible and what Jesus is saying, because he says that he is the truth. And if that's the truth, then that means what he is and what he said he is and what he's saying is going to happen is true. But if he's a liar, then he's not God and he's a sinner and he's not who he says he is. And I don't think that the, this movement of Christianity and the way the Bible um, has dominated history for as long as it has and everything, if he wasn't real and if the Holy Spirit wasn't a true gift that is alive and well and with us right now anybody that believes remember two or more two or more are there gathered in my name i am there so remember it doesn't take much to have jesus in the midst of your conversations your thoughts with other people and with other christians and when we're doing this study we rely on the holy spirit to reveal a lot of truth and that's also my tip to you during your studies of the Bible, and especially with Revelation, you have to pray. You have to take your mind to the Holy Spirit because our minds are wicked. Our hearts are wicked. You know, who can know the heart but God? And so test all things, but use the Holy Spirit. Use his discernment. Use his wisdom. Use his knowledge, and he will reveal. All right. And so something I want to reveal to you is something about the rapture. I really believe that this parable that Jesus taught was about the end times and about 
a custom that was for us to understand. And I think marriage in modern society and just how we see it today, we read this particular parable and we try to apply our standard of what marriage is instead of the historical knowledge and understanding of what it meant to get married in Judaism and in the Jewish custom of marriage. And so I want to read Matthew 25, the, the parable of the 10 virgins. Okay. And this is from Jesus. So we need to really take this serious of what he's saying here, because I really believe he's revealing a mystery, but we have to take time and look at many other parts of the Bible. And like I said, pray and just continue to search the word for these things to be revealed to us and Jesus will reveal them. And so I believe that the revelation of the rapture is right here because we're going to see some things real fast that I'm going to introduce and that I want to get into and that we will see also that will tie into things that are being prepared for the revelation. Because remember the revelation it really does feel like it's all over the place. And that's why it's really hard to get into. And you need a lot of time to do it properly. And so that's not what we're doing right now tonight. But what we are going to do is just, like I said, look at some of the parts of other parts of the Bible and then match them up with the revelation and then see some of the world, real world examples of how this revelation truly is coming. So with that, Matthew 25 the parable of the 10 virgins. So Jesus said, then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto 10 virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. Okay. So I'm just going to read this, but break it down real fast. So like we can gain understanding. So the kingdom of heaven. So like when God comes and how Jesus kingdom comes, it's like with 10 virgins who took lamps. Okay. And then back then when a bride and when, a, when in Jewish custom, a bride and a groom, they would walk walk down and they had virgins or the bridesmaids and they would carry their lamps because usually this stuff, they had a lot of traditions and celebrations and things to prepare for this particular ceremony of the wedding. And so they would have lamps with like cloth or linen and they would have to be dipped in oil so that it could provide a flame. And so it's saying that this is like 10 virgins with their lamps to go meet the bridegroom. So that's Jesus. Okay. And five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took their oil and their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. Okay. So it's saying that 10 virgins went with the bridegroom. So this is saying 10 followers of Jesus went with him or seen him that he is because remember, we're going to have a marriage ceremony in heaven. And that is between Jesus, who is the groom. And we are the bride. His church is the bride. That's why there's no marriage in heaven. He teaches that there is no marriage in heaven. So your spouse now that you're married to or the people that you love or have ever been married to, because a man asked Jesus, what happens when a man's wife dies and then his brother marries him and then they go to heaven? Whose wife is it? And Jesus says, neither. Okay, because we will be married to the lamb. This is the ultimate marriage of all marriages. Okay, and so this is the the kingdom of heaven. This is the marriage between the church and Jesus. Okay. The, the union, us finally coming together because in Jewish custom, you'll find here, as I continue to read, the bridegroom would go off to prepare a place at his family's house, wherever that was, he would leave his bride back behind. So after they got married, and if you follow my Instagram, or if you ever want to know more about what these teachings are in more depth and go into DM me on Instagram 
and reach out to me because that's what I'm here to do. Ultimately, I'm here to help whoever wants to understand. See, so remember that resource is here for you. But yes, there is a Jewish custom where you need to understand. This is what I'm talking about. When you understand this, it unlocks mysteries because we have to understand the context when we read the Bible too. Sometimes people read things out of context and we need to keep it within the context of how it's being taught. And so Jesus is teaching about marriage within the Jewish customs, okay? Not our customs. So with that, the bridegroom would leave and go off to prepare a place at his father's or his family's house because he's about to take his bride. And there's this thing with, they really treated their brides like you would have to pay for them. And that sounds terrible, but you have to understand the pagans and the heathens that were trying to just gain women, they would just literally take women. They, they didn't value women. So really with this and with understanding these customs, if you got married to a woman and you went through all these ceremonies and you did all these things, you're paying a price and you know that price is worth whatever it is because all the work and all the labor and the preparation to get with that with that woman or your spouse because she, she was worth she was like gold to you okay so it didn't matter what you had to pay so see it really valued women so sometimes people get into that women were mistreated no god is always trying to show that women are almost more special than men it's just we we're different men and women are different we have different purposes but we're both equal in god's eyes and that's why man becomes one with woman and one with man when we are married you know that union of we make each other better we're not here to put one of the other down we need each other okay so remember that jesus teaches that the woman is is precious like gold and that she is to be valued at the highest whatever you value right now think in your life jesus values the woman so high okay because remember who did he appear to first after he was raised from the dead and resurrected who did he appear to mary all right see that wasn't that wasn't Jesus being like, oh, I'm going to go talk to a man first. No, he went to Mary because women are amazing and women are so strong because of the things that God has blessed them with, like giving birth. One of the hardest things ever on a woman, but yet so beautiful and so, such amazing things. So remember that with this understanding is that the woman got left behind because the male wanted to make sure that the place that he went off to prepare was amazing okay and young bucks that get married we know how they want they just want to get with their wife and start having some fun and it's not because they don't want to give their wives a great start to their life it's just they're excited and they want to get it going and so they don't really think about all the stuff that they have to do and so that's why they leave and go back to their family's house and ultimately at the end of it the groom doesn't know when he's going to be able to come back and get the bride because it's the father okay remember jesus is god because he's the flesh he is the word was made flesh and then the holy spirit is god but they're all three separate entities this is the trinity this is biblical once again a lot of disagreement but i'm not here to conform to disagreements i'm here to tell you what the bible teaches all right and god the father is the one that ultimately sends the son and he tells him when to go and when it says in verse five, the bridegroom tarried, that's because he's making sure that everything is perfect, not just great, not just like really good, like almost everything's ready. No, like I want it perfect for my bride. I want it to be perfect. And the father wants it perfect because he wants her to feel so special and so welcome when she comes. Okay. And so that's why it teaches right here that 
he left the, the virgins and they fell asleep because he tarried means to delay. The word tarry means to delay or to make wait. Like he was making them wait and he, he was delayed. And that's because the father makes sure that everything is in order. And so Jesus is just waiting. He's waiting to, get, to come back and take his bride. And as we see, the virgins are asleep. Five are foolish, five are wise. Okay, we'll continue on. And at midnight, there is a cry, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, and go ye out and meet him. Then those virgins arose, and the foolish said unto the wise, Give us your oil, for our lamps have gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not least there not be enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, that bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. All right. So with that parable... When Jesus comes, when the trumpet of God or when the call for the brides, for the virgins who are supposed to bring the bride to him, when they are called, and most of the time when the, in the Jewish custom, when, they, when the bridegroom came back, it was at nighttime. It was late because they had to usually journey from a place. And so that's why they said, you don't know the hour to come. And so that five wise virgins they took a little bit of extra oil they carried a little bit extra with them and what that means is as a believer we need to carry a little extra oil every day and be ready for that calling are you living for christ right now are you trying to engage with a, in, in the relationship that he wants with you every single day not just on sunday when you go to church and hear your pastor speak not just when you go online and read a couple verses or read a devotional are you truly digging in and trying to find out who he is what he's all about what he's trying to reveal to you what he wants in your life like that's being a wise virgin that means your light is always on like your light is ready as i'm recording right now it's actually dark and i always look out my window because if like i, I want to be ready like sometimes i really like staying up late because how crazy would it be if the lord came back at like two in the morning when you're sleeping and you just slept and you didn't wake up because you got let's just say you got too like into whatever it is you're doing in the world and you forget that he is the the thing you should be looking up to and looking out for every single day we get caught up in the world we really do all of us including myself and we forget to watch and so that's why i've created this podcast why i've created this movement of watchman inc watchman in christ we are here to watch the things that are happening and to watch in christ we are to watch and wait for him. That's what he's teaching us, okay? And so what the five foolish virgins, so the five believers who just say that they know Jesus because they believe it and they never really accept it because there's a lot of people that believe it, but they don't fully trust it. They don't fully trust it. They can't. There's some doubt. And unfortunately, that comes from bad teachers and all the things that, quote, religion has done. Remember, a relationship with Jesus isn't religion. He's God and he, he wants, he's your father. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to know you. And so step into that and then he will continue to reveal things. And so when the foolish virgins are told that they have to go back and buy and sell, what is Revelation 13 teaching? What is Revelation 13? This is a time that comes to the earth when 
we understand that you will not be a part of society if you do not receive the mark of the beast. It's not my words. It's not how I want the world to go. It's what Jesus said was going to happen and, and the prophecy given. And what we're, what are we seeing today? I have tons of real world examples we'll get into here real quick, but I, I want you to see that Revelation. So this is Revelation 13. I don't think we're quite here yet because I've not been forced to not be able to be a part of society as a Christian and a believer in Christ to be able to go buy food and be a part and get my little packages online and everything that I'm in recording, having a podcast, like there's a lot of freedom still. So remember we're getting things prepared. Like this is what I'm talking about. Pregnancy, things are being prepared in the womb. You did the word matrix is actually in the King James Bible. And if you do a strong concordance or you look up what the word matrix means, it, it translates to womb. All right. And if you now just quick tangent, think about the movie, The Matrix, when Neo wakes up, when Morpheus gives him the red or the blue pill and he takes the pill of truth and then he goes down the rabbit hole and then he wakes up with all the wires and stuff in him. And then he breaks out of the jelly womb. He's breaking out of the pod. He broke out of the matrix in the sense of like the fake world that was created around him and seeing the real world, what it was. AI technology. That's a crazy movie. And I could talk about that on, on its own podcast, but there's so much symbology and so much correlation to the Bible and new age philosophy built into that movie. That is like truth with lie. It's insane. But why do they call it the matrix is because it's the womb that made that Neo and those that don't know they're in the matrix are in they're embedded in it. They don't know what's going on. A baby has no idea what's happening outside of the womb. A person that's asleep that doesn't know Jesus, they are asleep inside the womb. So when somebody says that they're stuck in the matrix, it's because you don't have Christ yet or you don't understand Jesus. And you can think that you're breaking a matrix and just enter into another matrix. That's what's insane. Be careful of who you listen and to who you follow. If they are not touting Jesus Christ and they are not using the Bible to reveal truth, tread lightly. There is a lot of deception even within this truth movement and awaking. And I really believe this is why the Lord's putting on my heart because so many people are quote waking up, but are they waking up to the truth of what Jesus did for them and why they need a savior and how he's God and how he walked this earth and gave us his word and his teachings so that we could be prepared for what is to come. Or, or are they awakening to the great awakening or the new age awakening of a new utopia of we must accept peace and love and happiness and not create war and division and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's amazing that the two camps of people and thinking that there is. And remember, Jesus also said, I come to bring division because he drew a line in the sand. He wants you to cross the line where you're choosing him over the world. So what is Revelation eventually telling us that the world will put on each individual who wants to be a part of society and who wants to be in the world, Revelation 13. And it says that we will receive a mark. And so it says in Revelation 13, 16, and he that causeth all both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond to receive a mark in their right hand on or in their foreheads and that no man might buy or sell save that he had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is the wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred three score and six. Six, six, six. All right, if you follow me on Instagram 
and you see my posts and my stories and the things that I'm exposing, the beast is everywhere. The beast is rising. The beast is literally infiltrated. The snake is in the garden in the sense of it's very scary. It's very scary to talk about what's going on, on earth right now because I'm not trying to promote fear, but I'm also trying to wake people up. I don't want you to be asleep. I don't want Jesus to come like a thief in the night and you go, I thought I knew what was coming, but now I'm stuck here and I'm going to have to endure this. I don't want that for anybody. So he that hath an ear, let him hear. Let him hear what I'm saying. Let, let him hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. Let him hear what the Bible is saying. Because the Bible is truth. The Bible will reveal this stuff to you. Okay, remember that. The Bible will reveal all things that you need to understand so that you are not caught into a snare. All right. So no one can buy or sell without the mark. All right. What does that make me think about? That makes me think about this particular individual who I don't know if he's the richest man right now, but he's been battling with this other guy. But pretty much the richest man in the world currently right now. Elon Musk. All right. Elon Musk is a very interesting character and I've been doing a lot of studying on him and I want to get into him some more. I've just been waiting for the season and the time of the things the Lord's been showing me, but anybody with eyes to see and ears to hear what he's saying and the things that he's teaching and the things that he's doing can see that he's not an agent of God. All right. He's not an agent of God. He is playing the middle game of wants to implement society and technology into one and push push this miracle of putting microchips in, in people's brain Neuralink. All right. That's what gives me pause. All right. We're reading the revelation here about how no man, poor, free, bond, both small and great, will have to receive a mark in their right hand or in their forehead. While I don't want to 100% say that this is the mark and that the microchip that people are literally getting into their hands right now and all over the world, even in the United States, I don't want to say these are the marks, but it's becoming very evident that something with technology and something like will go into you like a chip, like something that can scan and have biometric data and like almost change who you are as a person because that's essentially what Neuralink is going to do. It's going to cure miracles. Like he's talking about putting the chip in people's brains because it's going to help people. See, it's going to be a deception that it's a good thing and that it's going to help society. And it's going to further society. That idea of a utopia with, you know, no illnesses. Oh, you're going to get old. You can just have a new body made for you and then transplant your consciousness into the new body and always stay young and just pay a price. <laughs> There's going to be a price. So just remember that. Remember, there will be a price. If you think that's a life that's cool or that sounds cool. Remember, if the, if there's somebody with big money and they're the ones providing you the service of getting a new body, remember, you're going to pay a price. And if you can't pay a price, I guess you're just going to meet the same fate that everybody has for the rest of all history. So it's going to be a very special few that get to have that privilege, if, if that's even possible, which there's some pretty strange things in the world right now. And that's what they're trying to, I, I feel like, tell people is that this stage of human being and essence is flawed and that we can move to the next stage of our existence and our evolution. <laughs> it's a bunch of garbage, but to merge with the, the iron. What is this? This is Daniel's vision. What did Daniel see? He's seen the vision. This was in the Old Testament before even Jesus, King Nebuchadnezzar, the establishment of Babylon, and even to foretell of something that would be coming of the ages, the statue that Nebuchadnezzar seen in his dream, the last stage of the civilization and ages or kingdoms is the age of the iron and the clay on the statue. And the reason that the iron and the clay end up being the last is because iron and clay cannot mix. 
the clay cannot mix with iron the, the bond between the two will never happen you can form two metals together yeah you might not get a good seal but two metals can go to get like the rest of the statue while it gets less valued the head starts with gold and then it starts devaluing it's almost like society is going down down in a downward spiral to eventually where the iron is like the, the strongest material you're using. It seems like nothing lasts anymore because remember, gold used to be in everything and gold is just king even today, precious metals. But as you go along in the Daniel's vision and in the statue, you get to iron and clay and eventually it all crumbles because a rock comes in and destroys it and establishes its kingdom. And who is that rock? That's Jesus Christ. Okay, he's coming to establish his kingdom and he's going to take down this system that's been built over the ages and the iron and the clay is the last age. And it's the craziest stage because like you said, it's man trying to merge clay with iron human with technology. Do you see, do you, do you hear, do you understand what's coming and what they're trying to slowly get you to buy into Buy? are you a wise virgin or are you a foolish virgin right now? Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you have extra oil? Are you aware of what's going on? Or you sleep under the tree. It's okay. We've all fallen asleep. We all need naps. But Jesus said to be ready. So if if it's not too late, go back and grab some extra oil. Get yourself right. Get, get yourself thinking about the right things right now. And not your 401k. Not how you can provide a future for your children. Not Those are all great things to plan for and great things to continue to strive for each day. But if that's your sole priority in life right now and not cleaning your house, what do I mean by that? Making sure the people that you love are solidified into the kingdom of heaven build up your treasure in heaven not here on earth if you're not establishing a clean house here you're wasting time i'm just being honest you're wasting time and it's not that you can't focus in and stay focused on the daily grind but remember the priority of the daily grind and god should be first and in, in his kingdom and then all else shall be given remember that okay so elon musk what did he just do why why are we bringing him up now because he's trying to merge the the, the miri clay with the iron let's bring robotics and ai into the human con condition he changed twitter a, a massive platform that has so much influence on, on the world not just one nation or first world like people in africa have twitter you know what i mean it's crazy like even people that are in the most rural and poverty driven places have phones now like it is quite amazing it really is and that's why i think we're closer than we actually believe as well as like a society and as a church and as people is because the bible also teaches that the end of days will come when the gospel is preached unto all people and i believe we're getting close to where there's not a place on earth that technology can't reach or that it won't reach. And like I said, I've had interactions with some wonderful people from Africa and yeah, terrible conditions. And it re you really feel for them and you, that makes you feel extra blessed, but they've got phones somehow and they've got service and, and Wi-Fi. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're able to read the Bible on their phones now, like a, a thing that they never was, were able to do before. I have an amazing story of a man that came to me and wanted to give his life to Christ. And he's from Africa and he asked me how to read the Bible and he's able to do it on their phone because of the persecution that he could receive, he could be killed if he was caught with a Christian Bible in the area that he's at. And so just an amazing thing to, that God has been revealing to me and bringing to me with all of this. And I'm telling you, like, 
the gospel is being spread like wildfire right now. Like Jesus is working. God is working. And the revelation is being revealed to, to the people that want to have it revealed. And he's trying to help people see with people like me and many others. I'm just a guy. I'm just a guy that's taking the time. And because I love you, I'm not asking anything from you. I'm just asking for you to do the work and investigate and wake up to some of these things so that you're not caught in a trap. That's it. I'm not forcing you either. So if you're listening to this, just take some time and continue to study and continue to see and watch and don't just take things at face value, study things. It's really important because I really believe that it will help you and it'll help you help others when you can be well-versed in the Bible and understand many different areas of it. You can help people understand the faith better. And so that's what becoming a meat eating Christian means. Like we all start out on milk and Jesus loves you and died for you. Of course, that's the basic message. But if you're in your faith and 10 years in, you haven't spoken to one person about Jesus or tried to get your family members like no judgment. Are you in the thick of it? Or Jesus wants us to be in the thick of it. And there's going to be some hard times. And even with the rapture and the things that I, I believe there's hard times coming. I really do. I believe that 1984 Orwellian government where everybody's watching us, everything's listening to us. I believe that the great deception is coming and that we're buying into it and that Christians are going to get caught with their pants down to say it politely. Like even the elect shall be deceived. And I just do not want you people to be deceived. I do not want my brothers and sisters to be deceived because I love you so much. And that's why I want you to understand that I'm going to continue to do some more teachings on Revelation. And I'm going to even maybe do a couple more episodes a, a week now because I feel so motivated and dedicated to give you guys this content and to anybody that you share it with. I appreciate all the love and support, and I appreciate people coming to me to understand things because I'm still trying to understand things too, but I, I do truly love the Lord, and I, I love truth. I love to find truth, okay? And so that's why I'm here for you. I'm here to try and not tell you that I'm any more special to understand things. I just see because I'm watching. I'm doing what God told me. Ask yourself. That's all I'm, I'm, I'm here to do is ask you, are you seeing the revelation right now? Are you seeing the things that are coming to the earth that are happening on the earth? It's time to watch. Ezekiel 33, the duty is to stand at the tower and watch and blow the horn. Don't matter what the city does. That's not your job to worry about. Your job is to blow the horn. So let's do this. Let's blow the horn. If you see something, in the Bible, if, if God is telling you to preach something, to say something, to speak to somebody, do it. Be a chauffeur. Blow your trumpet. Wake the people up. Some of them want to be woken up. They're just in a deep slumber. But you can wake them up. All of us can. All right? I love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we will continue this journey. And may the Lord continue to bless and guide you in all you do. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for tuning in. To know the duty of a watchman, please read Ezekiel 33. Join the movement today. Follow on Instagram at Watchman Inc. for more details, content, and community interaction. Links in the description. God bless.